I can bring you in warm, or I can bring you in cold. This is where the fun begins. Hello there. Hello and welcome to Jedi Knights, the official Star Wars podcast for Joy Clicks. My name is Mike Connors, and as always, I am joined by the illustrious Christian Buckley, uh, my Chewie, uh, my co-pilot, and I'm just so happy to be here to talk Star Wars today. There's a lot of news. How are you, my man? I'm doing good. E3 ended this morning, so that was the last five, six days for me. Um, It's nice. Unfortunately, no Star Wars news out of E3, but... You know, Starfield, the director, mm. said it's a Han Solo simulator. It's Indiana Jones meets NASA. So, you know, that's cool. How you doing? Yeah, I'm doing good, man. Uh, like, like you said, a little bummed that there wasn't that much Star Wars news to come out of E3. I was, as we were talking about on uh, Jedi Knights episode 84, our last episode. Crazy we've been doing this for 85 episodes, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah craziness <laughs> uh we were hoping that there was going to be a little bit more uh with e3 and star wars um i was surprised we didn't even see it like le- like anything nothing from lego star wars the skywalker saga which kind of kind of makes me upset a little bit yeah i thought that would have been like a shoo-in for any of the shows like i know we talked about like oh maybe it's a game pass game maybe it's at the nintendo stage but like nope nothing not a peep yeah, it's it's honestly a little concerning, and I'm sure you feel similarly. Yeah. Um, well, uh, that's how it is. Uh, we're going to just have to deal with it. But um, like we normally start off these uh, episodes, we usually for the last oh, what is what has been sixty episodes, been doing the Wikipedia article of the week, where Christian and I choose a Wikipedia article either from the Star Wars canon or Legends and bring it to the show to educate one another. But I want to bring it way back to like episode like one through thirty. I don't even know uh, where we did fire the cannon, Christian. Mm-hmm. You you remember fire the cannon? Uh, you came up with it. Do you want to explain the rules really quickly? <laughs> sure. So if memory serves, how fire the cannon works is we bring up, pitch, uh, sort of refresh people on a concept that mm-hmm. was legends, or existed as a common thing of like this is how it happened in the star wars timeline but it was actually like no it never happened that way we decided we should bring it back just like uh han and leia having a son who turns to the dark side you know like that was legends we did not fire said canon so it was able to get in and jj abrams wrote a movie out of it (laughs) very true um so so just to just for my purposes when we fire the cannon that's not going back in the cannon yes i forget <laughs> what 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 right. feels more right in your heart like if we want to be like get out of here is that fire the cannon or you're come I think, on in i think i think fire the cannon like is a come on in kind of thing okay like, okay okay firing the cannon all right regardless i did pick a uh piece of star wars lore from the legends um and keeping in the theme of there was no star wars news at e3 this year i'm going to pick uh, a character from a star wars video game that you and i have discussed ad nauseum on this podcast before uh galen merrick uh codenamed star killer we may have done him on fire the cannon previously but like i said it was a long time ago uh so he was Starkiller in the Force Unleashed uh, 1 and 2, a Force-sensitive human male taken by Darth Vader as a secret apprentice and personal assassin during the reign of the Galactic Empire. Uh, 
he was born on Kashyyyk in the aftermath of the Clone Wars, and he was basically like found as a kid. Uh, yeah, so he ends up sort of like you know, uh, well, there are multiple endings really, but I think the, what's the canon or, or the the legends canon one? He like helps sort of like form the rebellion. Um, that's yeah. what happened in the game, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, what, what do you think about this? Should we bring Galen Merrick, aka Starkiller, aka Sam Witwer, back into the canon? Here's the thing. In concept, absolutely. In execution, no. Personally, because I I I really love the idea of Darth Vader secretly having an apprentice. Um, I think we talked about this before, maybe the idea of Vader having a son, if you will, and Anakin having a son in Luke, and then the two of them exist post-six, having a conflict with one another. I think that could be really interesting. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> or, you know what, maybe for the canon we get that type of thing, but it's Mara Jade. Maybe Mara Jade in the new canon is like, was Vader's secret apprentice, or something like that, right? Like, Yeah. I think that would be yeah the the role for sure I think is a really cool idea of Darth Vader's secret apprentice but maybe not necessarily this one I would have to I would tend to agree with you uh just just in the sense that like Starkiller I feel like you know how, how would they like redo his story and if they were to redo him like if he was like different at all from force unleashed like people would be pissed uh so it would just be more trouble than it's worth i think to bring back star killer that like that character i think it's just better to have you know galen merrick exist in the force unleashed one too but i I definitely agree with you too i think darth vader having an apprentice honestly i'm surprised that disney hasn't gone that route yet maybe they're trying to find like a good way to do that um but that's just way too cool of a of an idea for me to like completely cast out but galen merrick himself i think may be better off just existing where he does currently if you feel if you feel what i mean i agree so what what's the the ruling here mike what what are we saying i think we we're not going to fire the cannon on galen merrick aka star killer but we will fire the the cannon on darth vader having a secret apprentice what about that that sounds good all right, so uh, Disney, Kathleen Kennedy, if you're listening, yeah, boom. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> if you're listening, fire that cannon. Boom. Bring back uh, Darth Vader's secret apprentice. There you go. There we go. All right, let's get on to some news. Uh, I wanted to start this off with a light one, Christian. Uh, I put the the photo here in the doc that I shared with you, uh, but we have Obi Wan spotted on set. There's some photos of Ewan McGregor on set for Obi-Wan. Uh, you can't see his costume fully because he's wearing a black tarp around himself, I s- assume for security reasons. Uh, but you can kind of see that there's like a little bit of Jedi robes underneath. Um, just thought this was interesting. Uh, there's some been, uh, there have been other set photos like this, sort of just like circling around the internet. Uh, so, um, yeah, not much to glean from this, but I thought it was cool to see Obi-Wan, you know, it's obi-wan he looks like obi-wan he's back baby he's back he really is you know and it's nice he's got the the jedi boots look looking like some nice jedi pants uh you can see a little bit of like some cuffs coming out of the tarp so like a little maybe that uh the tunic as well you can sort of see the collar kind of um but yeah it's cool long hair as well so 
there's a world yeah. where maybe this is just he let himself go a little bit, stop shaving, stop doing little trims, or Mike, do you think long hair Kenobi is this a flashback outfit or what? What's going on? Because why, if he's in hiding, why uh, would he dress as a Jedi? That's true. Um, well, I mean, you know, he does show up in Episode Four, sort of dressed like a Jedi, right? <laughs> yes, so yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> so I think that's just like you know, when you when you live your whole life wearing one thing, I guess you just got to stick with it, no matter if you're in exile or anything. <laughs> sure. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I I don't know if this is necessarily a flashback. I think your theory of just like you know, he's on Tatooine and he probably hasn't had a chance to like take a shower in a while. Or like you know, shave his face or like get a haircut because he's like you know watching over Luke and not trying to like cause that much attention towards himself. Um, I think that's probably what we're seeing. I, I would not be surprised if we did a flashback though, just based on the fact that Haith Christensen is in like confirmed in the show um, as Darth Vader. But like you know, they could always just take him out of the dang suit. Um, so, I mean, you know, I think I think what we're what we're seeing is just like a an Obi Wan who hasn't had a chance to take a shower maybe uh he's just a little angsty and a little sad over like what happened um order 66 probably really traumatic for him and he's probably gonna have to reckon with his own personal emotions and um the prior dogmatic teachings of the jedi order um, in this show so maybe that's supposed to reflect his internal struggle you said you put that very well i think that's probably what's going on here i don't think this is clone wars so you are no, correct i, I just ran I rambled on, I rambled on, but uh, that's my English, that's my English teacher um, <laughs> sort of analysis of it. There you go. Very nice. Um, so, yeah, keeping with the, keeping with the t- TV show news for Star Wars, um, this is something that you sent me over the past week, Christian. Uh, Saw Gerrera is coming back, uh, baby. He's coming back, not just in, uh, you know, animated form, which, he, you know, he, he came back in the bad batch and we all loved it. Yeah. But he's coming back in live action form. Forrest Whitaker, one of the many Rogue One alumni, uh, he's set to appear in Andor. This is pretty hype, honestly. I love I love Forrest Whitaker's take on this character. Yeah, you know, it was really great seeing him in Rogue One. I think uh, his entire sequence, right, uh, of on Jeddah portraying the rebels as terrorists is one of the more interesting things in that film, I think. Um, Mm -hmm. so we've checked in recently since Rogue One came out like you said with Saw Gerrera in a lot of places like um, he's been in Clone Wars that we've watched since then uh, Rebels as well like recent release wise Fallen Order he's in there Uh, he's in Bad Mm -hmm. Batch so like it's interesting seeing this progression of his character to where we see him in something like Clone Wars versus where he ends up in uh, Rogue One around the time of his death so very very curious uh how extreme he'll be in this show i imagine most of the force whitaker versions of the character have been leaning towards the more extremist side so like again cassian sorry andor takes place close ish to rogue one i don't think you make that big of a leap to where he is in rogue one and being like in the shallow end of that pool like two years earlier maybe i don't know mm-hmm. what are you expecting out of his take on him here i don't know i think i think it's just probably going to be more of the same to be honest um 
we see like in Rogue One at least and uh, Cassian Endor sort of though he has uh, like he is gray in his morals he does sort of end up aligning himself with the alliance to restore the Republic like Mon Mothma and Bail Organa and like those main figures like Leia and stuff um, and we know from Rogue One that they kind of looked down on the sort of like guerrilla warfare that Saw Gerrera was um putting out uh with you know in Jeddah and everything so i i think maybe that'll be a sense of a source of conflict um in this in the series uh like the alliance like you know the the, the rebel alliance uh and their leaders like bail organa and mahmatma sort of dealing with these more uh, terrorist like insurgencies within their own uh rebellion i think that's like an interesting sort of political like lens to look at all this from and to me that's that's i feel like that's probably where it's gonna go because of force whitaker coming back as soccer era. i don't know i don't know what you think about that idea i i think it's a fair expectation right because while something like jedi fallen order did have like force whitaker's likeness and maybe even his voice i forget but I feel like most. I think it did have his voice. Yeah. yeah, most times we've seen him, he is more on that extreme side, right? And I know Fallen Order is like early, like post Bad Batch, Sagarera, but still early um, Empire, right? So, yeah, I, I think when it's Forrest Whitaker playing the character, we see him be a bit more on the outskirts of the rebellion in terms of morality. Yeah. So, I'm, yeah, I think you're right. I think it's a fair expectation. Yeah, it's really cool news, though. Uh, I'm w- wondering, do you think this is this means that we're going to see any Jin or so? Like, who knows? I, I don't know how close this is supposed to take to to Rogue One, uh, but we know that like Jin or so, a- as a kid and like a young adult, sort of like trained with with Saw Gerrera. Um, yeah, I I definitely had that thought, but I'm not sure the direction it would be because like. I don't know what the age gap is between Cassian and Jin. I assumed it was minimal if he was, you know, he says he was six years old when the fight started and all that. So, like, I don't know if he's, like, in his late 20s. I don't know how old Jin is. Is she supposed to be, like, 19? I, I don't know, man. But, like... Yeah. Yeah. It, it would Forget be cool to at least get a reference, a reference, right? Because, like, she's absolutely out yeah. and about around this time. Honestly, like, I was thinking more maybe, like, explaining, like... Because I don't think... I think Jyn Erso in Rogue One says that, you know, Sagarera helped her and, like, others sort of, like, train against the Empire. Um, yeah, and she left at know. certain points. So. Yeah, so seeing more of that, maybe, would be interesting. Um, who knows? Um, we'll have to see, I guess. But very cool, very cool. Uh, important to know that this hasn't been officially um, revealed, but Stellan Skarsgård said on some radio thing that he was in it, so... Yeah, I feel like that's that's pretty definitive right there. Yeah. Um, also, something else that I saw, this is sort of a rumor in the Force, um, has not been confirmed. Uh, there are reports that director Orson Krennic is coming back. Ben Mendelsohn is reprising his role as Orson Krennic for Andor. Um, this is according to the direct. Shout out the direct. Uh seeing the return we're we're they they're reporting that we'll see the return of ben mendelson um in andor so very interesting i I would love to see 
director Karnak come back because I think that he was probably one of the best parts of Rogue One, in my opinion. He was very terrifying as a villain to me. Yeah, it, it seems like, you know, story-wise, they can make it work. Uh, and Rogue One just had such a strong resonance with a lot of people that, like, it would make sense mind that more, you know? And for me personally, yeah. I, I'm more excited for Andor than I was for Rogue Well, I was excited for Rogue One, but I... I don't think it's the end-all, be-all Star Wars movie. I don't even think it's, like, top five. But um, I'm really excited for Andor, and I have high expectations out of it because I really like Cassian as a character. And getting that mm -hmm. sort of character explored in a television series is very exciting to me. So, like, if we can, timeline-wise, let's say this takes place a couple years before Rogue One, yeah, Krennic's out doing stuff. So is Saw Gerrera, so is Jyn Erso. It's just about Cassian. Yeah. So I, I think it's absolutely exciting. And Ben Mendelsohn, we know, is working with Disney Plus television for Marvel already. So, yeah, bring him in. What is he working on with Marvel? So he's in Secret Invasion with Samuel L. Jackson. Uh, he played uh, the scroll from Captain Marvel. Like the, the lead one. Gotcha. The funny one, Talos. Oh, okay. Gotcha, gotcha, yeah, gotcha. Yeah. All right, all right. Well, very interesting, very interesting. Um, I love Ben Mendelsohn. Um, like I said, I think I'm probably more of a fan of Rogue One than you are, Christian. So, like, like I really love Rogue One. It may be, like, top five Star Wars for me. I, I haven't done ranking in a while, but I'm pretty sure it was up there, uh, if memory serves. Um, it's a great, I think it's a great movie, and I, I'm so excited to see all these characters return. So, sign me up, that's for sure. Oh, yeah um some, some more tv news i thought this was really cool uh rotten tomatoes published an interview with tomorrow morrison where uh he, he dropped some interesting like tidbits during this interview that i saw sort of like make its way around the news cycle um uh so apparently robert rodriguez is directing some episodes of the book of boba fett um so he was already named an executive producer of the series but tomorrow morrison uh confirms that they got robert rodriguez to do some more directing which is big hype i i love i just love i love like the fact that he's involved in star wars um it's just so funny to me but star yeah. wars now has a uh a machete a machete sort of <laughs> yeah and i i love like i think for a lot of people boba fett's return was a big deal and for people like you and i who were, were like you know not uh I, I'm just anti Boba Fett. Exactly, yeah. Like prior. no, because we weren't we children growing up seeing this cool thing in the theaters, being like, "Oh, Boba Fett's the cool character, right?" It's like, no, he's not. He hasn't done a single thing. Um, yeah, I think for people like us, and I believe there are plenty of them, uh, Boba mm -hmm. Fett had something to prove, and I think because he, he's a blank slate, he's a boring thing, but not anymore. And that's because of Robert Rodriguez. I really put a lot of the reason why Boba Fett is like super cool to me now behind like i have a boba fett statue in the background now like that is because yeah. robert rodriguez was able to give him a defined style like a screen presence in a way that he never had before and i'm very happy that he's getting more of that in the series i totally agree with you i think robert rodriguez brings a certain uh aura to the character that like didn't really exist before 
because uh, like he said you know he just exists in empire strikes back he's a bit menacing yeah kind of cool i guess and then he just like dies in, in return of the jedi yeah. so uh um yeah i mean like uh, you you know listeners of this podcast christian and i you know you know christian and i are huge boba fett fans now um and like you said i totally agree with you rob rodriguez like brought something different to the character um i still get like i don't know just the way that he shot that 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 episode of the mandalorian um was very robert rodriguez you know in style um and i just think that he has a very interesting take on the character um which is why i was sort of excited about the book of boba fett to begin with since his name was attached to it um it's yeah it's gonna be really cool i i just can't wait to see it and i'm so happy that we're gonna get some more live action star wars this year because it looks like the mandalorian is probably not gonna be happening yeah unfortunately but you know we get another mandalorian you know so it's nice it's a, it's a substitute it's a substitute yeah yeah um all right so moving on to the next piece of news from the same rotten tomatoes uh article and this is the juicier one that i thought but i thought it was more it was juicier um so tomorrow morrison said to rotten tomatoes that the book of boba fett is going to feature flashbacks to the time between empire strikes back and the mandalorian so that means what happens after bespin that means how does he get out of the sarlacc pit maybe uh what was he doing uh, as, like, nomad Boba Fett for, like, all that time? How did he get that gaffy stick? You know, these are the questions that I want answered, Christian. Uh, what do you think about this? Dude? Yeah, Cobb Vanth. How the heck did that happen? They must have met each other previously. I'm sure. He, they bring back Timothy Oliver. Yeah, he at least, like, <laughs> scoped him out for sure. But, um, yeah, so it's interesting, right? When I, I think when the title came out, The Book of Boba Fett, you get the idea that, like, well the book of boba fett what is it like an autobiography like are we just <laughs> taken up at a certain point of his time in his life and it makes sense to yeah. explore that right because again you want to talk about fire the cannon that was the thing forever right it's like oh yeah boba fett got out of the pit it's like okay sure yeah. why not but now we can explore that and what makes me hopeful about this with flashbacks is if we get a book of boba fett book two let's learn a bit more about his early days you know let's maybe see him hunt down one mace windu <laughs> hey yeah i mean totally i so that makes me think like the book of boba fett like you said that doesn't necessarily mean that it has to all take place after mandalorian season two we get that like post credit scene where he like takes bid fortuna off Jabba's throne mm-hmm. which is sick but like you know that doesn't mean that like I, I i from that i expect that we'll see some stories after that time but you know i never always i never always thought in my head that it was just going to be that time like the book of boba fett like you said sort of seems seems more like an anthology sort of um and it would be interesting like i like do you think there's a possibility that we're going to get like entire episodes maybe just like based in like different times of book in boba fett's life that maybe that like that would be really cool to me um, or do you think it's going to tell one more narrative story, uh, like after Mandalorian? If it were up to me, yes, that exactly. Yeah. Like different periods of time per episode. If I'm being realistic, we we do that across multiple seasons. We milk this thing, you know. Like I think that is maybe what's likely, and 
it does make sense. Like the popular thing about Boba Fett is the Sarlacc pit, right? So in season one, if you're talking about, hey, this is how this dude survived. This is why he's still here. Sure, do that. And I mean, I'm with you. I am expecting a little bit of progression on the Mando timeline, but, you know, look at Jabba, look at Bib. You sit down on that throne, I don't think you're moving much, you know? Totally, yeah. I mean, it just makes me think sort of like, if they did go that route, just, you know, hypothetically, they, they chose to make the Book of Boba Fett, you know, more anthological. I don't even know if that's the right word. More like an anthology, uh, sort of like t- made different episodes, different periods in Boba Fett's life. At a certain point, like, isn't that just the Mandalorian? But just like with a different character uh, in, in a way, like, I feel like it was it was what the man. It's what John Favreau maybe originally thought the Mandalorian should be before they were like, yeah, we're not going to use Boba Fett, though. So you have to come up with a different guy. Yeah, um, that's like sort of the vibe. Like, like I just wouldn't want it to feel like that. Yeah, and I think it won't. I think now that we have an established uh, tone for Mandalorian, and we see someone like Robert Rodriguez introduce Boba Fett and act as a producer on the show, like I, I think Boba Fett's defined enough of a difference where I, I think just look at what the two characters have done on screen in their entirety, like Din Djarin will do bad things but he usually is doing them for a good reason boba fett i think is much more cold where he has a code he has honor right but you piss him off you're fucking dead you know like i i think he will not be afraid to pull the trigger so like i think we can maybe explore that a little more in the boba fett series so there might be a bit more of a ruthless feel to it where um, I think in Mandalorian there is so much of that heart because it's not about like the cool bounty stuff it's more about like the relationship between the two of them where Boba Fett I think is going to be this like tale of this legendary bounty hunter who has killed a lot of people you know yeah just like you know it's basically just going to be like Boba Fett kicking ass for exactly yeah so <laughs> I, I think it will feel different enough but I definitely see where you're coming from I think that's fair, and maybe we end up in a position like that at the end of it all. But so um, you know, I kind of just feel it's like it's fun, sort of running with this hypothetical. So say they they do it like an anthology. What are some of the Boba Fett stories that you would want to see, Christian? Like the most? Um, I mean, Sarlacc Pit is obvious. I think. Yeah. Um, would be cool to explore. I think pre original trilogy like mm-hmm. i've i've said it a million times i said it 10 minutes ago but like yeah show him hunt down a surviving mace windu so he can get samuel jackson to be the character one more time like he wants to so badly and you just get a good resolution on that right because like i think boba fett you want him to be you want to show how he became a legend right i think yeah. the way you do that is by having him kill the mo- potentially most powerful warrior swordsman Jedi in maybe a public place. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know. They have a duel like on the, on the streets of Coruscant or something. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Why not? Or like in the Senate building on top of the Senate or something. I don't know, man. Like, I, but I, I feel like there's a lot of untapped 
storytelling for Boba Fett. Like, I don't know much about his life before Empire, you know? Yeah, yeah, we sort of have those flash or not those flashbacks. We get like a glimpse into what he was doing with the clone with the Clone Wars. He starts doing his bounty stuff at a real young age. He like hooks up with like I think it's like not Cobb Vanth, uh uh what's the, uh Bosk? what's the guy I I'm totally blanking on his name. Uh well I think yeah, I think Bosk is in the Clone Wars, but uh nah, the guy with the cowboy hat. What was his name? Cad Bane. I can't even remember right now. Cad Bane, yeah. Yeah, very similar to Cobb Bane in my head for just that moment. Uh, Cad Bane, he, he, like, you know, hooks up with him and starts doing some some, some bounty hunting stuff at a very young age. So um, it would be interesting to sort of maybe get, you know, what he was doing pre-Empire, like you said. I also think him hunting down Cobb Bane, like you said previously, too, would be a very interesting thing to see. Um, yeah. And, but yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree with you. We need to see more Boba Fett stuff. Yeah, and it's worth remembering it is a limited series. This isn't going to be a full blown like eight episodes Mandalorian season, so it's probably going to be pretty tight. And I think we could absolutely explore more time periods in the future. Because um, this show, I'm sure, is going to do very well. Probably going to have higher numbers than Mandalorian, if I'm being honest. Because Boba Fett is just more recognizable. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. Honestly, uh, I hope. I hope like it's not so definitive of an ending of the show is like doesn't have such a definitive ending or whatever that we can like maybe possibly get more in the future because uh, I'm always going to get more Star Wars stuff uh, unless unless they it doesn't make sense. Um, yeah, but, like yeah, like just yeah. really hype. You know how it's going to go? It's going to be modern day uh, sitting on the throne, Boba Fett. He's going to be narrating his life of a specific time, how he got out of the Sarlacc pit, right, and then. Uh, we know uh, Fennec Shand is there, you know, probably having a life doubt yeah. with him. She's documenting it, like, in a little book, right? In a, in a, in a nice uh, Womp Rat skin journal. And yeah. the every episode is like, she cracks it open. He says, like, now we talk about this. And then she writes it all down. And at the end of the season, uh, she puts it on a shelf behind him. And we see this big space on like the right side of the the frame it's like okay we have the book here on the shelf and there's a lot of space on this shelf for more books and season two is the exact same thing that'd be cool that's sort of like what people are are, are expecting with the lando show in a way mm-hmm. uh with billy d williams sort of like narrating donald glover uh which would be very cool um yeah that that's like always an interesting sort of like trope um like an expositional trope a way to tell a story it reminds me of the young adventures of indiana jones i don't know if you've ever watched that a couple yeah uh yeah yeah so that would be really cool um if they sort of like leaned into that um i I, you know what i've said it a thousand times in this podcast if it's star wars i'll watch it so put it in front of me let's just do it uh so wow so much so much boba fett news um but you know i think it's time that we turned around and we talk about something else uh still in the realm of star wars not in the realm of tv but rather in the realm of film uh so the loki showrunner for the show loki which you know i watched the first episode it's pretty good so far christian i don't know you probably watched it too i did Um, yeah full review yeah excelsior check it out yeah, go check that out. Uh, I'm sure Christian and Jack are going to be tearing that thing apart and giving you the good 
news and the good tidbits on the first episode of Loki. Go check that out. We still see on Joy Clicks. But the showrunning runner, Michael Waldron, confirms uh, sort of that he's working with Kevin Feige on Kevin Feige's Star Wars film. So uh, the man behind the Marvel uh, c- Cinematic Universe, Kevin Feige, we know that he's working on a Star Wars film. We have no idea what, what's it, what it's about. We have no idea when to expect it, but it's going to happen. And Michael Waldron's working on it with him, kind of, I guess. He said to GQ, uh, who asked about... So when asked by GQ about his collaborative process with Feige on the Star Wars movie, he said, very early days on Star Wars. Uh, so I guess some context... Uh, there had deadline had reported that Waldron was tapped to write the movie, uh, but Feige, uh, Fe- well, Fe- Feige, I guess acknowledged it as a leak. Oh, so I guess I read that wrong. I guess it is totally confirmed. My bad. Um, so yeah, very interesting stuff. Uh, I, but I guess it shows that they're not really that far into writing it or doing anything with it. So um, I guess we'll have to wait even longer to see anything from it. Sure. Yeah. And. I mean, in terms of just getting an idea, maybe, of the direction, I know uh, Loki, out the gate, is very much dipping into the multiverse and different realities and time periods. Maybe this is that elusive project that goes into the world between worlds a little bit. Um, I Personally, I don't know if that's something they'll ever get into on a film. Like, I know the Ahsoka show is seems like it's going to do that because of the logo but like man as much as everything in star wars that's on disney plus is canon that's not you know legends uh, um i will i will be baffled if like uh the what is it what is it the dagger the mortis stuff i'll be baffled if that ever makes it anywhere near a a theater screen like you know there is certain things in star wars that are canon that i don't think will ever make it beyond tv yeah you think they're just like they're too niche in a way that like a broader audience would just have it would just probably muddy up the rest of star wars in a way that doesn't make much sense I think in a movie, in like a two-hour movie, if you get into like the Mortis stuff or things like that, or Oracles or the Wills, like you get a lot of people that will just be like, "Where are the lightsabers? What is this midi chlorian BS all over again?" Like you know, I think like it works in yeah. some scenarios, but for theater stuff, probably not. Um, so, yeah, I mean. I, I, the thing is, is like when you were saying, you were saying like, oh, you know, Wal- Waldron's Loki sort of like deals with the multiverse and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I really hope that they don't do that kind of stuff with Star Wars. Um, that would just, I don't know. They, I, I don't think it would make much sense. But I mean, like, especially like you said, like, I don't think they would even try to do something like that on film. Um, I think the world between worlds may be a little bit different than that. Yeah. Um, they'll Same probably one. you know i'm sure dave filoni's got his own yeah i'm sure dave filoni's got his own like star wars twist on it that isn't necessarily like the multiverse that you think of when you think of marvel or something like that mm-hmm. um but yeah it's definitely not going to be something that we're going to see on film honestly i don't even really know what to expect um i'm sure it's just going to be something about jedi uh but that's really all i have to say about kevin feige's film 
Um, it is interesting that Waldron is is writing it. I guess um, I really don't know him outside of Loki, so I have nothing else to like really. No, nothing critical to say about him or anything. So. Yeah, that's my only touchstone for uh, Waldron's work. So, but I liked what I saw so far. One episode, but still. Totally. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, we should just be. Uh, yeah. I mean, I. I don't know. I. I just. I thought this was an interesting piece of news. Um, when do you think we're going to see something come from this? Um, it's sort of been announced that Patty Jenkins' Rogue Squadron is going to be first to return to the silver screen. Um, I also read something, it didn't include it on the doc, that Taika Waititi hopes, but he's not sure, that um, that he'll do Star Wars next um, as like his next project. But he's got a lot of stuff that he's dealing with, like a lot of uh, things that he's working on. Um, when do you think we're going to you know, see this at all? You think this is like really far, far away? Like see as in release or see as in like we're hearing more about it, we know casting, we see a trailer, you're like something like yeah we see the lead up to it like I, I don't know like both maybe just like when like when do you think this will be released and like when do you think we'll start hearing more about it uh rogue squadrons 2023 right yeah i think we start hearing about this in 26 damn that's far away man <laughs> yeah because my my logic uh, is i think you... uh rogue squadron in 23 taika in 25 and then this in 27 but the build-up for it starts in 26 yeah i mean i don't know i i hope that we see it sooner rather than later but again i don't want them to rush rush it um and i'm, I'm sure kevin feige and michael waldron are very busy doing marvel stuff so um we got a good slate of Star Wars stuff to be looking forward to. In the meantime, when it comes to TV, hopefully the Ahsoka show goes into the world between worlds. Cough, cough, looking at you, Dave Filoni. Uh, so uh, there's a lot to be looking forward to. And uh, Kevin Feige bringing his touch to the Star Wars universe is just one of those. So very excited. Very excited. Oh, yeah. Um, one, last, one last thing I wanted to bring up before we talk about this week's episode of The Bad Batch. Uh, we're getting lots of cool new toys, Christian. I don't know if, if you open this link, but there are a lot of very interesting new Hasbro toys that were released um, in terms of Star Wars toys, of course. Uh, but we also got some interesting, uh, an interesting look ahead towards what Hasbro is thinking of releasing in the future, what's in the pipelines, their pipeline reveals. And looks like we're going to be getting some Star Wars Black Series for, that's right, Cobb Vanth. Uh, I've been saying this. We need a Star Wars Cobb Vanth Black Series, and it looks like it's finally happening. Um, so today's my day. Mm -hmm. I'm super excited. And yeah, just big hype. That is very cool. Um, I also see on this list Nomad Boba Fett, which, listen cool but i still i want the half robe half armor look maybe that's the next pipeline reveal but man if like Cobb vanth happened this has to be coming soon too i hope it's such a cool look yeah they usually do all like the weird like secondary characters so and, and like their alternate appearances and stuff so i'm sure at some point we're going to be seeing the nomad boba fett with like you know actual armor on but the Cobb Vanth one is so cool, man. I'm going to be a day one buyer of that. Uh, I've been saying it for a while. I really want to see it. 
Um, yeah. And also, we're getting Bib Fortuna too, which is great. Yeah. Um, I'm sure, hopefully, it's going to be fat Bib Fortuna. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, yeah, that's very neat. Because I'm sure the normal uh, like Bib Fortuna we've seen forever that probably already exists as a Black Series, right? I think so. Yeah, I but imagine. you know, I I want fat Bib Fortuna. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do it. Get it out there. Also, also, also Mayfeld. So Bill Burr is coming to the Star Wars Black Series as an action figure. Um, that might be a must pick. I love Bill Burr. Um, and also Fennec Shand, which is just cool. Um, she is obviously her character is having a much bigger role in Star Wars these days. So she deserves a Black Series action figure. Damn straight. For sure. I like her helmet a lot. Yeah, no, her helmet is really cool. It's sort of like a, it's like a cereal bowl. That's that's sort of what it reminds me of. Sure. Yeah. When I was a kid, we had a, we, when I was a kid, we had these like black cereal bowls, but like the inside were red, and so that's kind of like what her helmet reminds me of because it's like sort of like orange in a way. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but also, there are some cool Star Wars black series that have released just now. You can buy them. Um, like all the main crew, it looks like from Rogue One in these like really cool sleek boxes, like teal boxes, um, mm. which look really neat. So uh, definitely, definitely check it out. Good stuff all around. Hasbro pushing out the heat. Absolutely, and I'll say this: so uh, yeah. if you're a Cassian fan, I would probably go in on this now. I'm sure there will be a Cassian Black series for the Andor show, but like. It's gonna be a while, I imagine, before between this drop and then the the Andor drop. Because like, look at how long it took to get some Mandalorian ones, right? There were like, uh, Gideon dropped like around season two starting, like, you know. So get on it. Definitely get on it. Um, you know, I'll be eyeing the Cobb Vanth one because I just think he looks so cool with the red. And oh everything. yeah. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. So um, that's enough about Star Wars news, Christian. Is there anything that you saw or anything that you want to say before we move on to our review of the this week's Bad Batch episode? For Star Wars video games, look out for EA Play. It's happening in July. I know they announced Battlefield. That's coming this year. I'm sure they won't talk about Battlefront this year, but I think we talked about last week we could very much get a Vince Zampella in the crowd. F- Jedi Fallen Order 2, or whatever they're going to call it. I think Star Wars games, look out for that presentation. That's the next That's the next goalpost for, for hype, I think. So only a month away or, or so. Yeah. Uh, so, you know... We'll, we'll have to, we'll have to keep our eyes out, and of course, you're gonna hear all the the hot Star Wars news on Joyflix Jedi Knights. So of keep it locked right here uh, for all that. So I think it's about time. It's high time, Christian, that we talk about uh, this week's episode of Bad Batch. Uh, so it's ep- season one, episode seven. Title of the episode is Battle Scars. Um, first impressions: uh, I thought this was a major improvement. Um, as we're nearing the mid-season mark of the show. Um, as you know, people who listen to the podcast know, I've been critical of The Bad Batch in the past few episodes. I did think last week's was a little bit better, 
This one I thought was really good. We're really getting into the nitty gritty of the Star Wars uh, Bad Batch story and plot. Um, some some moments of, of of high suspense, drama, and tension. Um, I thought it was pretty sick, honestly. So, uh, Christian, what did you think? Yeah, I liked it. Um, I think overall, you and I have been pretty much on the same page with Bad Batch, where week to week we're enjoying just watching a Star Wars thing, but definitely, I think coming off of the ridiculous momentum of Clone Wars Season 7, which again, had like six seasons building up to this, but every week felt like it was progressing in an event, uh, whether that be an arc about the Bad Batch, an arc about the sisters, or Siege of Mandalore, which was really high up there. It it felt like we had good momentum, right? And this week it's been... I mean, sorry, with Bad Batch, it's been a lot of peaks and valleys, I think. Um, Mm -hmm. Totally. This, we talked a bit about getting to the mid-season point, maybe feeling a bit more of that, okay, now we're actually getting somewhere. And I think this is a sign of that, where... This episode, and I am assuming next episode, are going to be closer to uh, the first premiere than any other episode so far. And we can get to this, but I just hope that sticks throughout the remainder of the season. Because we have been building to a point with these last two episodes where the Bad Batch are trying to settle somewhere, uh, getting more used to being mercenaries in the world of Star Wars, and then you know things don't go how they expect it to go but uh yeah i i i like this one a lot i thought it was a maybe the strongest episode since the premiere maybe i don't know what what do you think about that yeah i mean i think i think that's probably an accurate statement to be honest um this one like i said in the introduction uh, i think we're really starting to get into the meatiness of the bad batch um we, we're starting to see sort of like, you know, threads from the Clone Wars coming up back into, uh, you know, this season of or, or the show, which is sort of interesting. Um, but I do have to tend to agree with you, um, at least with Rebels, there are a lot of peaks and valleys, lots of ups and downs um, with, you know, things culminating halfway through and then sort of like going back down again and then only culminating right back at the end. Um, I think sort of that the bad batch is at a, at a crossroads in a way um like they can continue doing you know you know having episodes with you know stories like this that sort of like hit towards the plot and sort of move toward uh you know towards like an end sort of goal but i'm not sure if that's exactly how we're going to be you know seeing the next few episodes for so i hope that we get more in terms of like story and plot going forward but um just knowing like how these animated shows normally work like i don't know if that's something that we should be entirely uh ready to to, to see i don't know yeah we'll I, have to see i mean just look at, um, look at like mandalorian yeah. right like mandalorian absolutely has points where they finally like be like hey especially i think season one more so like hey interesting story beat about the main thing going on here next episode we don't address it and then the end of the next episode, we get a follow-up. And then the third episode after that is like, okay, now we're dealing with that. Um, and that's kind of what we've seen so far with The Bad Batch, where, like, there's been little teases and hints of, like, the stuff with the headaches and um, 
and the first couple episodes the stuff with crosshair you know that kind of went away for a bit but yeah i I think so far in this basically first half of the season we've absolutely seen that hey really interesting thing side story side story no real progression outside of character stuff which is still fine but not as tight as it could be uh big thing in the middle of the season i'm afraid we do get to a point next not next episode but like two episodes from now maybe where we settle into that sort of omega is doing something and wants to learn about life and (laughs) she gets taken again like i think we could absolutely fall into that for the second half of the season the way we did in the first half yeah i mean like all's hoping that that doesn't happen yeah Um, like like i don't think i don't think it will uh i mean i think it probably will to be honest with you i hope it doesn't um this though i think we're both on agreement that this seems like it's ramping up to something a little bit more more heavy a little bit meatier um i don't know if that's a fair assumption christian but hopefully it maintains that way um Mm -hmm. So I think it's interesting. We should talk a little bit about the story points of this episode. Uh, mainly, I wanted to just touch upon, we get uh, the man, the myth, the legend, Captain Rex comes back in this episode, uh, which is pretty freaking hype. He looks great. Um, I wonder how he, what, what happened immediately after the end of, of season seven of the Clone Wars. But, you know, he's here and he's looking great and he's helping out our boys. Um, great to see him back, honestly. Yeah, it was it was really cool seeing him again. Um, and you know, I think maybe it's because we've gotten so used to just uh, that persona that D. Bradley Baker has uh, for playing the clones with the group of the Bad Batch recently, who are divergent from the typical clone. And Rex is for sure as well, but like he's much more in line with someone like Echo, morally maybe or from just a very wide view of a standpoint compared to someone like hunter or tech maybe um Mm -hmm. so it was refreshing seeing him in here being rex that we all know and love and sort of getting that dynamic back with this group who we've gotten used to like it, it was cool it was a nice little like hey remember this is how things were like this is an era that's gone now but it's still trying to make it on through like i i was really excited to see rex this week Totally. Um, and he absolutely helps out all of the Bad Batch um, in identifying their issue, basically. Uh, he makes a comment about the inhibitor chips, and the Bad Batch is like, oh, yeah, we, we're, you know, we didn't have those taken out or anything like that. And he's like, oh, well, you're dangerous uh, because you don't have them taken out. Um, and so we sort of get more, uh, we, we sort of go forward on that storyline. With the previous episodes, Wrecker had been having, you know, issues with having headaches and all that kind of stuff. So Rex brings the Bad Batch along with Omega to uh, Baraka, where there are a bunch of old Benedict-class Star Destroyers in the shipyard. This is also the same planet that Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order starts on, Wink mm-hmm. Wink. Uh, very cool thing that they did there uh to basically they go to this planet to basically find a medical bay on one of these ships and take out all the bad batches inhibitor chips so um i I thought that was an interesting sort of link 
to uh, the Clone Wars, Link to the knowledge that Rex has about his inhibitor chip and how to take it out, um, and and how he learned that in the Clone Wars with the Bad Batch. I thought that was just a really interesting sort of link up. Very convenient, uh, but but very interesting nonetheless. Yeah, and I have to wonder also. Like I know he in Clone Wars took care of himself, or Ahsoka did kind of, but like I wonder if he's had to do this again since then like do you see maybe yeah a little <laughs> avenue where there's maybe a reserve group of clone troopers that have been de-inhibitored possible i mean we just don't know how much how much time has elapsed from the end of clone war season seven and now you'd have to think probably not that that much time yeah like maybe uh, a couple weeks so i'd say like maybe that's unlikely yeah, it seems it seems like that might be unlikely, but um, you know, there's no there's no reason why Ahsoka couldn't have you know Rex Rex is a smart guy obviously there's no reason why Ahsoka couldn't have been like listen man like this is what was wrong with you and like this is what I did and like just so you know you know <laughs> like yeah. one of those sort of things, um, so I'm not sure about that. I mean, certainly like he definitely helped all the bad batch take. Uh, their inhibitor chips out so that was a question that we were having you know earlier um, about you know if the bad batch were slowly going to sort of like turn into crosshair and we get wrecker sort of at the last second have order 66 kick in but they're able to still quell him without killing him essentially and take out his inhibitor chip so he's back to normal um that sort of takes that sort of takes away a little bit of the theories that we had about them all sort of turning. Yeah, and to honest, uh, Order sixty six, which, which is interesting. Yeah, honestly, I'm glad they were able to get out of that because it's it's definitely an interesting story, right? But I'm just so on the side of the Bad Batch that I feel like axing them or taking out another one of them in their first season like imagine if we got a season two and it was just like hunter tech echo and omega right like no record like i feel like that's yeah. you're just like slowly losing steam and losing that fun dynamic of the group which at the end of the day it still is a kid's show so like you want to have at least some bit of levity to it so i i feel like taking out that character would be a bummer like it's if you took mikey out of the ninja turtles it's like I don't want to watch that. It's like not. It's not like it's the Mikey show. <laughs> but if you take that part of the yeah. team out, it's like well, it's not that team anymore. You know, it's just falling apart. And yeah, for resting so much of the show, you know, because we jump around story wise all the time, resting so much of the show on the characters and the team. I feel like taking another member out of this team is like a, not a good choice. No, it definitely wouldn't have been a good choice, especially if they were thinking about doing more seasons of the show. That's just something we don't really know at this time. But they did, you know, sort of get to the point that, you know, it had me questioning whether, like, you know, Hunter was, or not Hunter, Wrecker was going to be able to, you know, come back. Um, it had me guessing for, like, a hot second there until I realized what they were doing. Um, so at least they were able to sort of explore that without, like... Um, without the consequences of actually going through with it if that makes sense you yeah. know yeah yeah i i think it was a interesting, uh, interesting little uh story to tell and there was absolutely 
a lot of we weren't alone with thinking Rucker would turn or something, you know. So I think it was an interesting way to do that payoff. Yeah, yeah I guess it sort of begs the question. Um, you know, all of the bad batch now have their hybrid chips, chips taken out, so it doesn't seem to be a way for them to turn to Order sixty six. That avenue is sort of been cut off. Where do you think the show goes from here? Um, do you think that now their mission is going to be to sort of like try to rehabilitate Crosshair? Or do you think they're just going to try to like run away for the rest of the season? Like, I just don't really know where we're going for like a major conflict now that this is because Crosshair hasn't even been in the show since, you know, episode two. So I think we should start like a Joy, Jedi, uh, Joy Clicks Jedi Knights Crosshair watch. It's been like five sure. episodes since we've seen him last. Um, yeah. I. It's interesting, right? Because there definitely has to be some sort of conflict for the show. Uh, I could see a world where what ends up happening is... Because we've seen Hunter make this call already of like, hey, Crosshair, it it's rough, but like we can't, you know? Um, yeah. I could see a world where because Omega is the one they need, we're assuming for this super clone army um i could see crosshair hunt them down capture omega with his death squad go back to kamino and then the batch is like all right well i guess we gotta go back there now and then maybe that's the finale is like rescuing i mean it would be similar to mandalorian kind of but like it would be rescuing um omega and then maybe in the process they grab crosshair yeah but okay i mean i don't know i like i don't know i just think that they're like like i said earlier in the episode i think that the bad batch is at a turning point they can choose to go one way or they can choose to go the other obviously they you know behind the scenes they've chosen already but like i just don't know I, I really don't know like where the show's going anymore. Like I said, I, I just feel like it's sort of lost its connection to Crosshair, I, I guess. And like, I just don't really care as much about that. Just simply because we haven't seen any of it. What if in a long time? What like if month, we got like a um, dedicated Crosshair episode next week or the week after? I would love that. Okay. I would love that. Just something, because like I don't know, man. Like, like I, I feel like I'm in the minority. Like I, like I don't know not 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 between you and i but just like I, I don't see many people talking about like where the hell is crosshair i mean to be completely honest i don't see many people talking about bad batch on my timeline like i i know the fair enough enthusiasts and the people who like run podcasts for sure are watching week to week theorizing and all that but like uh twitter twitter is the most mainstream thread i can get and i think my twitter is still even like niche but on tiktok i follow a lot of star wars people and there's like one or maybe one or two bad batch things that pop up on my feed every week from some people i followed that like at the height of mando speculation and hype but yeah yeah, there's just like not much on there right now like everybody's moved on to doing like some other sort of topic of conversation like it's they definitely address bad batch once in a while because they're all star wars creators and like i personally haven't been making many bad batch tiktoks despite getting a bit of a following from doing star wars stuff so like i i think it's just the show man i think like 
that premiere was awesome and then like you're saying i don't think you're the minority i think that's a valid thing it's just not people many people are talking about it because of the way you feel you know yeah it's kind of a shame i mean i'm still hopeful for it and i'm still i still like watching it every single week it's not not, not to say that it's like bad or, or anything by any stretch of the imagination uh it's definitely good I, I i enjoy watching it every single week i think it's great star wars um i'm just interested to see where they go I, i'm not i'm not really holding it to like i don't really have like super high expectations for it i just i just hope that it can tell like a decently well thought out story um yeah. with the remaining episodes that they have um, and like, this one was like i said a major improvement i really enjoyed it mm-hmm. so and like i i feel like we're on the same page where like i don't need this show to be groundbreaking anymore you know as long as it's week to week i'm having a good time uh we get a cool revelation here or there like i'm fine with that honestly it doesn't need to be incredible you know like i think uh post like hot off clone Wars season seven hearing this announcement i think expectations were very very high for me at least that's why i was so excited for it all the time and yeah. I'm, st- I'm still enjoying it it's just not the direction i thought it would take but that's not bad you know no 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 i, I like you know it's still it's still fun it's still a fun time yeah um, for sure i enjoy watching it like it's not it's not like a drag or anything like that so um at at least we had that right at least we're getting some star wars stuff um and i'm always thankful for that yeah and that's where i would like to leave it off today yeah (laughs) unless you have something else to say i was just gonna add on too it's not like it's a big investment every week it's like 20 30 minutes you know it's fine yeah so no, and like like as a Star Wars fan, that's that's the twenty to thirty minutes that I I will gladly spend watching some piece of new Star Wars content. Yeah, because so, yeah. like, I mean, I'm sure there are plenty of Jedi Fallen Order fans that don't watch the shows that they hear Bracca, they see that planet, they're like, oh, you know, like so it's cool, it's fun little nods like that, you know. It's not a main event. It's just oh yeah, it's just to be fun, have a good time, have a blast with Star Wars, and it's not bad. So it's fun absolutely absolutely um well that's what i have to say about star wars uh the bad batch episode seven i think battle scars um i'm excited to watch the next one talk about it next week on joy clicks jedi knights uh christian anything else you want to say i i think much like the film sagas episode eight will be a groundbreaking one so looking forward to it next week okay but (laughs) all right I'm hoping. I'm I'm praying. I'm hoping. Uh, let's get it. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh. All right. So why don't you take us out to see Christian? You're always the one who does that. You're you're so much better than I. Thank thank you, Mike. I I I don't think I'm better at it, but I appreciate the compliment. You know, like. Uh, yeah. <laughs> where can everybody find you, Mike? Starting off. Oh yeah, find me on Twitter at Mike P Connors. Very nice. You can find me on Twitter, Twitch, and TikTok at Shun2D2. This show is available on YouTube.com slash JoyClicks under the Jedi Knights playlist alongside the playlists for Excelsior, which we mentioned on the show, Loki reviews every week, look forward to it, uh, Gamescast, Longplay Club, any other stuff we do, all of our E3 reactions are up on the channel. Um, 
Gamescast this week will have a... there are lots of them. Oh yeah, um, Gamescast will have an E3 review as a whole uh, later this week. And if you want the audio version of Jedi Knights, you can check it out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, your service of choice. Just look up Jedi Knights or Joy Clicks; it'll pop up as one of the podcasts you can find. If you enjoy it though, and you can rate and review on your platform of choice, it would be greatly appreciated if you did because it helps the show reach more people, helps us out a ton, and takes a quick second. If you want to get involved further, patreon.com slash joyclicks at the $1 and $5 tiers. $5 tier gets you producer credit on this show and every show, like Chris Sakas, Aaron Easton, and Charles Applin. So thank you very much. And that is episode 85 of Jedi Knights. Next week we'll be back for 86. Oh. 88? No, not feels episode like, 8. Feels like, feels, like, feels like just yesterday we were doing episode 66, Christian. Where has no, the dude. time That was 20 gone? weeks ago. Uh, <laughs> That's insane. I know, crazy. Yeah. Literally, <laughs> literally does not feel like it. Yeah, uh, does not. But uh, until next week, we're fine. Everything's fine. How are you? May the force be with you. Oh, yes, 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 you're right. Beep is up.